Welcome to the Naked Vocalist Podcast. I'm Chris Johnson. I'm Steve Giles. Guess what? It's episode 10. <laughs> You're having a laugh. I'm not. It's the music. Oh, in winter skies, masks they draw, oh, from time. So there it is. What is that, Chris? It's called Beauty Rests Again. It's a very calming track, as you can probably tell by my voice right now. It's lulled me. Yeah. It's made me feel nice inside. But your voice makes you feel nice. That's weird. I know we're good friends, but so how can what, we keep this platonic? Why on earth would we play that song? Because we've, we met, that guy, by the way, is called Steve uh, Rokosh, and that track is featuring Tamara Beattie. Both of those two we met at the Vocalize You Winter Retreat just last week in the Californian mountains. Amazingly, they were the, they were the first people we met when we rocked up at the car park, wasn't it? Yeah, we were all lost. We were lost <laughs> in the and they're like, do you know where the... We're going. <laughs> and we're like, no. Um, but then, uh, yeah, wasn't it quite funny that when we met him, we found the venue. Turns out Steve was our roomie. The roomie. In our cabin. Yeah, what a guy. So, but he got to the room first and nabbed the double bed. Double bed. Unbelievable. Don't worry, I'll have the, I'll have the bunk beds. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't sleep above you, did I? I haven't slept in a bunk bed since the late 80s. I thought you were going to say since, since my brother wet himself on the top. That happened as well. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. Waking up to a drip. So. Um, anyway, back to Steve. Yeah, back to I Steve. Mean, just quali- I mean, just to... That just, just kind of shows the the level of ability that was knocking around in that place. And that, you know, it, I say it flippantly, Steve, that was just our roomie, but obviously he's got some serious talent. Hasn't he's he? an amazing guy, as is his his girl his girlfriend, Tamara, yeah, who's who's often, and who's a voice coach as well. She's actually on The Voice. She's a voice coach on The Voice, isn't she? Yeah, The Voice USA. Yeah. Um, and he's a lovely guy. And yeah, the songwriting sort of caliber of artists up at the Vocalize You um, retreat is really high. And obviously on, upon downloading Steve's stuff, you really realize, hey man, like we just chatted to him for a bit and we didn't necessarily see his stuff, did we? He was in different classes to us. But when you listen to his music, I'm like, man, that stuff is good. Yeah. And they had a, uh, a songwriting contest throughout the whole weekend. Each day, a song was submitted to um, a, a very successful person in the industry, <laughs> and Steve was there day after day, hour, hour after hour, just knocking these tunes out. Really, really it seemed easy, to be fair. Yeah, way to go, didn't we? He was really pleased. Yeah. I think we were quite pleased, weren't we? Well, with our attempt, I, I can't say it on air. No, it, and this is not on air. I'm masquerading like this is live radio. It's not. How do we go about? Because I thought it was brilliant, I and mean, I couldn't stop laughing when. <laughs> That's not really the idea with songwriting, is it? All right. You know, I couldn't stop laughing. But we had a go at writing on writing a song on the first day to a pre-determined backing track they just gave you. By Mike Posner, wasn't it? The guy that wrote something about being cool? I'm, all I remember is something about high heels. Um, remember? You're walking in your heels. Oh, cooler than me. Cooler than me, yeah. That's it. So that's the idea of the songwriting me. competition, wasn't it? That if, if you wrote a... Uh, if you wrote a good melody and lyric line to one of the tracks that he'd that he'd given to the retreat, then you were up for actually him recording your your material yeah. as the prize, which is an amazing prize. Yeah, it's weird. A bash. What was it called? 
the song? It, it, shall I swap the swear word out? Yeah. It was called Screw You, I'm Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny, because we, we spent so long just, like, nutting a wall, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, it was about midnight, and we were sat in the Mustang, which we hired, which was great. Mm. Sat in the Mustang, midnight... You know, it just all got a bit silly, didn't it? Yeah. And the funny thing was, we were working next to a girl called Erin Knight, and she's also quite a prolific songwriter, and she was, uh, she was doing very... It was just easy again for Profound her. Profound lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Erin Knight music, if you want to check her out. But yeah, we, we, we were just there, la- turned into just... It was just dreadful, wasn't it? Yeah, I think at some point she said, I heard your stuff. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were singing that line, the, the tagline. <laughs> I heard your stuff. Yeah, saw you laughing, yeah. Great, well done. Great. Anyway, listen, we're not going to crack on about the, the Vocalise You uh, Winter Retreat too long because uh, we're going to do that next episode. Yeah, tell you some really valuable um, facts, information and tips that have come out of that because there was a million. We learned a lot. But just to, back to Steve, if you want to find out his stuff, go to steverokosh.com. Yep, that's S-T-E-V-E-R-O-K-O-S-H, steverokosh.com. And uh, you can download his EP there. It is beautiful. Seriously good music. Cool. So, next up, what's um, just a bit of news. What's, what's going on with today's episode? First. Today is a treat. Um, uh, it's an old colleague of ours, isn't it? Yeah. A good friend um, and uh, fellow voice coach, uh, Katie Holmes, who has oh, a, a decorated history as a backing vocalist for people like Jessie J. Um, she's done Professor Green and Leona Lewis. She's also a session singer. She's featured on Craig David's album in the past. And also, she's a great voice coach and a lovely person. Lovely person. Oh, and the band of voices from Britain's Got Talent last year. To be honest, in terms of being a singer, there isn't really a lot that she hasn't done. I can't believe we didn't ask her to sing in the actual episode, because yeah. she is divine. I've said it from day one, like, from the, day, the first day we've ever met her. She's the best singer I actually know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and when some of the voice coaches used to come over from the US, didn't yeah. they, and train us all as teachers, they used to listen to her sing um, Come On In Out Of The Rain oh, by Wendy Motin. I just remember every one of them who came over was just like... Holy smokes. Yeah. I almost don't amazing. know what to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> there is nothing. Yeah. You've paid me for an hour. Let's just do 15 minutes yeah. of you yeah. singing. So uh, she's terrific, and she's going to give you a big insight into professional singing, backing singing, how you want to get into that, and what is expected of you in that sort of industry, in case you're considering it. Um, but do you have some news before we get into that? Um, yeah, loads, loads of stuff going on. I'm trying to get back into the swing of things after the trip. It's, it's, it's tricky. But um, yeah, one thing for me, I, I'm involved in this, um, this project in Winchester at the moment, which is looking to, exp- it's quite exciting, it's about to expand. I had a meeting last night with the guys, the psychologists and stuff. It's to do with mental health and the way music can help. Um, starting off in the perinatal unit in Mulberry Lodge in Winchester Hospital. And it's just it's kicked off because we did a few workshops, singing workshops down there, and we started speaking to psychologists and some of the other guys that are involved down there. And it's just it's looking really cool. It's looking We can do a lot down there in order just to promote people's well-being, happiness, mm. and get them back on track, really. I mean, there's so much research. And we're gonna Is be it doing... like a rehabilitation technique, then? Exactly that, yeah. Okay. It's based on the recovery model. Which I won't go into now, but is can, that a, is that a proper yeah. medical world thing? Exactly that, yeah. And and um, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of research already done on the way in which singing and music can help that kind of thing. But we're going to be doing our own, which is the most 
fascinating thing for me because you know I know you're the same, especially in the fitness industry. We base a lot of what we do on science and facts and research and proof. that's what, proof, proof. So to be able to do our own on all of this stuff is just gonna be so cool. What, so it's a new branch of research, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's kind of what people do when they do a PhD. I know. And I, it's, wait, it's fresh who ground. I, who am I? I Dr. Know. Giles. I don't know how I got involved I, in this. If you do get that if you do get that decoration, I refuse to call you it. You can I can help you with any problem you got. So Do you really want to hear my problems right now? <laughs> Please. <laughs> After the change of diet back from the US, I'm not sure we should get into this. Right, what have you, what have you got? <laughs> Apart from you, it's funny. Instead of getting back back from the US, it's hard to get back in the swing of things. How hard are you finding it driving back on the left hand side of the road again? Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, tricky that one. <laughs> I've had a few hairy moments on yeah. the way to places, especially driving to Guildford yesterday. Also, using a clutch. <laughs> I don't have that problem. My yeah. car is automatic anyway. Yeah. yeah, but you're back on the clutch, are you? Back on the clutch, yeah. baby. Good luck with that. Um, oh, I, do, I don't have that much news. Obviously, the Vocalize You uh, thing was my uh, my main um, consideration over the past few weeks. But, however, I did do an exchange of uh, knowledge and uh, tuition with um, a, a coach called Aramat in Tel Aviv who has been part of the uh, Speech Level Singing Network and now the Vocalize You Teacher Network for the last, I think it's about 10 years. So she's done a lot of stuff and she, she works with um, Israeli singers mainly and that's, they're, they're a very musical nation mm. and obviously culturally what they need from their voices um, is quite different to us. Similar in some ways, different in others. That sort of culture requires some very nimble singing. There's quite a lot of trilling that goes on in that Middle Eastern thing and uh, improvising and expression. So that's kind of what we worked on. That's her speciality. Interesting, yeah. So we worked did on you, that. Did you personally get anything out of, with your voice? I mean, the experience and culture difference is, is amazing, isn't it, with all of these hookups oh. over the world. Did you, was there anything that came from her side of things which you were like, wow, I didn't even... Almost all of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you think... Um, really, essentially, you come from the same roots. Yeah, you know, you were all trained at some point or another by um, some of the same people. You visited the same kind of seminars at times, but where you're in between those times, you're completely separated from each other in every sense, geographically, culturally, educationally, whatever. That means you both end up in such different places when it comes to teaching people. And so, all, almost everything she did with me was completely new. Yeah, really, really strange occluded exercises, vibrato, ways to get the very high notes to to have more vocal cord closure. And some of it was like, wow, okay, you know. You mentioned one of those occluded exercises. What what was was one of the examples? It was almost like singing through the tightest ooh you've ever sung. You know, so your cheeks puff out. Right. And so we would go up onto a high C, for instance, because that was one of the things I'd like to work with there, is like getting the upper registers to sound more beefy. Mm. And so we would be like, like vibrato in this really strange occluded state, hey. which was to begin with a shock. Um, but after about 10 minutes of like really working into that area like that, then we got into a song and it just felt entirely different. Cool. So I love that. I love that we worked on that. And with her, she just had a baby and she's been out of the game for a bit. So, you know, I just, I just spent a little while with her getting her back in back into where she used to be cool you know helping her get back on her feet with her voice she's still teaching but singing i think has just taken its toll yeah and i I don't know if you've ever taught a pregnant woman 
No. Or w- women that have had babies. It messes with things, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah, the hormones mess with the yeah. vocal cords yeah. and how they swell. Oh, right, yeah. Become yeah, yeah, a pain. Yeah. Also, breathing's been different because the uh, diaphragm's been obstructed. Of course. For months and yeah. months on end. So, yeah, you tend to find that. Yeah, pregnant women and their voices tend to be a little bit out of kilter, just understandably from all that yeah. havoc that's been going on in the body. So it is a strange experience, I guess, for, for a, a lady lot of singer. things to consider, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, at the moment. Sweet. But uh, it's good to be back, so um, maybe we should uh, get into the interview. Yeah. There's one thing, though. We had a bit of, bit of carnage, didn't we, on the... What, commotion? Yeah. <laughs> we put up a post, didn't we? <laughs> I'll call them haters. You haters. We were our first. We were our first haters on Facebook. It was funny though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like they all went absolutely ballistic. But yeah. we put up this post that essentially compared the job of a barman to the job of a singer, right? And and the only reason we did that was because we, when we first started out, were barmen on a Saturday night, and then we quickly realised that as gigs picked up, we could earn more money and have a better experience working the same hours by singing. Yeah. So we did a comparison um, little uh, picture on, um, on Facebook, which if you go to the, the nakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast forward slash 10, the number 10, that, that's where the show notes will be. Um, that will, I'll, I'll put a link to the actual uh, yeah. the post, but, oh man, well, I don't even know what happened. It was a whirlwind, like a, an absolute... Sh- storm of like abuse from people who are saying this is going to wreck the industry yeah. thinking like this basically um it just seemed like we offended uh offended a few people for some reason kind of understand in a way it, it was but uh, it's just one of these things isn't it text it's like text messaging like these things get out of hand for no reason yeah like, but there's no context it's, it's, it's in a text. assumption all the time and and uh yeah like you say it was very matter of fact what we put up there and uh it just got blown out of fortune. It just seemed like there's a team of haters that just jumped on each other. And if anything, it was more the, <laughs> the personal attacks that we didn't expect. Yeah. It? Like, Whoa. There's a lot of expletives, a lot of swearing, a lot of people going absolutely mental. Yeah. And, and I think it was based around the fact that a barman can't just step into the job of a singer. And, I'm, and we're, you know, it's not, that's not what we were saying. No. We weren't undermining singing. Yeah. We were actually just comparing... The journey, a true story, true story, Actually, and the story of other people as well. You know, it, you know, yeah, whatever. But I tell you what, if you go to the show notes, <laughs> click the link to the post, and have a read of the abuse if you like, and then do you know what? Chip in. Yeah, let us know what you think. Slag us off if you want. And let us know if we, if you think, if you agree with them. We, <laughs> I'm actually interested. We were, we were actually spawning around a phoenix at the time, weren't we? In the Mustang, getting and, notifications. Yeah, we were talking to each other. Have we missed something here? <laughs> have I, have I missed the point? But um, yeah, funny. I, did I kill somebody? <laughs> <laughs> As that appears to be the reaction. <laughs> Anywho, it was weird. It was weird. So let us know. But yeah, so into the interview then. Kay Holmes, Miss Holmes. K-Dog. K-Dog, yeah. She's terrific. So please uh, have a listen right to the end because she is a beaut. So today on the show we have an amazing guest. She has multiple recording credits to her name. I'm going to drop a few in here. Craig David, Leona Lewis and Pro Green. That is embarrassing. Oof. She's one of the most sought after backup vocalists in the UK at the moment. Um, she's toured with Pro Green, Adele, 
Leona Lewis, and currently on tour with the one and only Jessie J. Not only all of that stuff, she's also an awesomely qualified singing teacher, and she's a beautiful, beautiful girl. What you like at cooking? Not bad. <laughs> well, welcome what? to the Naked Vocalist, there Casey is, Holmes. There's got to be something wrong with you. There's got to be something. Wow, that was a great introduction. <laughs> and also, yeah, I'd like to throw in there the, the, the brand new cover model for iSing magazine, the forthcoming Singers magazine, in which the picture you were looking hat. Thank you. How about that? Cleavage enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, technology. The power of everyday. Yeah, didn't need much. So, so thank you for joining us on the show today. Um, what we'd like to get from you, we've got some questions later on, or a question from a listener, and um, some other things to ask you. But first, it'd be really good to find out how on earth you began life as a singer and ended up where you are doing the things you're doing now. Okay. Um... Well, I'll try and keep it fairly um, short. So, when I was younger, I always knew I wanted to be a singer. Um, I used to dance as well, but my main passion was singing. Um, and I'd sing in school, I would have singing lessons, um, and I was starting to work with um, local studios um, in my hometown and do demos, you know, try and just get myself out there as much as I possibly could. But I didn't really know what I was doing or how I was going to do it. It was just a case of make the most of my resources that I had and put a CD of my vocals in their hands so they could hear my voice. Um, and I actually started in Southampton when I met a guy called Mark Hill, who was at the time one half of the Artful Dodger, which is a really successful UK kind of two-step garage production team had a lot of success with Craig David and he actually got me in to do a demo vocal on a house track that he'd recently written um, and from then he played my vocal to Craig which then led to me being asked to perform on Craig's second album Slicker Than Your Average which uh, led to me being on the track called What's Changed which was kind of a duet rather than actually a backing vocalist, which was lovely. Um, and from there, I started working with Mark on my solo project. I did lots of songwriting and collaborations with different producers. And that was going on for a couple of years, uh, which was great. But I think even then I started noticing the politics involved with being an artist. And I come from a very, very working class, very average background, you know, growing up. And I was aware that a lot of my friends around me were at that age where they were earning money, they were getting a full-time job. And I was really conscientious of the fact that I didn't want to be that young person who had no money and was struggling. And so I was sort of in this 50-50 mindset of, I want to be creative and artistic but I realised I have to go out and earn money to be able to, you know, learn how to drive and go and shop and do all the fun things. And I actually started working in local... I worked in a hotel. I was a secretary. I did accounts. I was in retail. I did so many different part-time jobs. And at the same time, I was obviously in the studio. And 
juggling that was really, really difficult. I had a lot of, of my employers who used to get really annoyed at me because I'd always be cancelling shifts to go and do studio sessions. Um, and in the end, I just felt as though the only solution was to get singing jobs rather than normal jobs, which is when I became, I guess, a session singer. Um, and I signed up to a music agency, a vocal agency in London at the time, who who wanted me to go and audition for them, which I think at the time was the protocol. People had to kind of, kind of go and audition. There wasn't MySpace or YouTube or Facebook. It was just a case of either submitting a paper form CV and a CD of your voice. And then you'd go and get an audition. And I managed to get on their books and they were the ones who actually hooked me up with my very first professional session job, which was with Lily Allen. Mm. And that was her first UK tour when she had her debut album out. And it, it went from there. I just, I think the ball started rolling. I was then introduced to lots of different vocalists, lots of different band leaders. And, and then from there, I ended up working with the artists that you just mentioned. Um, and it's just, I've never really looked back. Um, and, you know, I still get often asked now, do you wish that you, you were an artist or do you want to still be an artist in your own right? And to be honest, I, of course I would love to do that. And I would still very much have that in my, as, as a priority going forward. But life's been very kind and it's been very busy and it's been a successful, successful sort of 10 years. So I don't regret anything so far. I feel... I feel that like being a singer, and that's that's my life, that's my living, that's enough for me. You know, that's how I feel I've succeeded. Awesome, and uh, yeah, well, you know, even after, like you say, ten years is a long time, and even yeah. with your most recent job with Jesse J, it doesn't even seem like you're peaking even yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's it's, that's some great stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I, it's one of those things I think. It's like a snowball reaction. Once you're in those circles and once you're in people's minds, it, you know, providing you're doing a good job, obviously, you can't just be fluky in this industry. It's, it's definitely about talent and it's definitely about perseverance and attitude, lots of things. Um, but yeah, once, once your name is out there, then you're the name on everybody's minds. You're, the, you're always in that top few singers that people might call should they need a singer. Well, I, th yeah. I think that leads, that conversation leads very well onto, our, onto the, the, the question from one of uh, the listeners, if I can throw that at you now. Um, yeah. I really want to have a career in singing, but I don't think being the lead is for me. I love harmony singing and would love to know how I would best go about becoming a backing singer. I'd love your advice on this. And that's from Paul Williams. Okay, well, Paul, I would probably say that for me, one one thing about being a backing vocalist that's just incredibly valuable is the fact that you've got to be so um, you've got to be so open to different things. You can't being a BV doesn't necessarily mean doing one thing. You've got to be able to definitely harmonise, and you've got to be quite quick to be able to pick up. Things. So if someone gives you a song to learn, you have to learn it. You have to be able to learn it quite quickly. How quick are we talking, Katie? Um, well, most people are quite kind. I, I think you get, you get, an, you know, it, it is a matter of days or at least a week. 
Okay. But to give you an idea, um, the recent Jesse uh, gig that I performed, I had almost one and a half rehearsals, and that was it. That was maybe sort of ten hours. Right. And yeah, that's not long at all, is it? No, it's it's not long at all, and that's quite rare. That's that's the shorter end. So the good news is that um, most people are very um, very understanding and they realise that it is a skill you know you can't just expect things to be done like that but yeah getting getting your harmonies together being able to you know your musicality is vital um, a lot of a lot of lead vocalists sometimes struggle to even hear harmonies and sing harmonies um, one thing that's also a, a big help for me is I'm in a vocal harmony group and there's two girls and three guys, and we're always writing and arranging harmony, um, harmony work. So it's, it's being part of a choir, it's um, singing with lots of different voices, trying to locate different, you know, harmonies in different melodies so that you're just as prepared as you can because it's so different every job. So, so you mean really... What it sounds like here is that you're talking more about the the fact that the the development of the skill is paramount into making the job. So the job yeah. the job will kind of, will almost kind of come up, but you need to be ready to to jump in there and, and do it and be and be ready in that in that sense. I think so. I think you always learn on the job, and with anything creative such as singing, you will always gain more information the, the, the more jobs you do so mm. you're not going to be expected to know everything from the beginning mm. but for me I, I was in choirs and I sang backing vocals for people you know just to just to grow and just to be able to learn and they weren't big gigs they were small pub gigs they were open mic nights they were local performances that I would do with my vocal students or you know lots of different types of um avenues just so that you're as prepared as you can be I mm. suppose and when you look at the creative thing you said about you know something creative like singing I remember you talking a little while back about um you know one of your auditions in the past and if we look at that situation where you know some back and vocal jobs are pretty structured in that you have your lines to learn they're already decided, and so you go away, learn them, come, rehearse. It should be, you know, that's kind of uh, an easy, not an easy job, but, you know, at least it's structured. But then I remember you talking about sometimes actually you need to input to yeah. the uh, to the backing vocal arrangements on the spot. So, you know, can you, yeah. ta- can you talk to us a little bit about, like, you know, when or why and how that would occur? Yeah, of course. To give you some examples, my very first job, as I just I uh, was telling you guys about the Lily Allen thing. Bearing in mind that was my first backing vocal job. Um, the brief was learn the backing vocals to smile, which was her first single on the album that we toured. And I learned the backing vocals, but I didn't get told which ones to learn. So I just had to sort of listen to the track as it was on the radio edit and try and hear the different harmonies or different backing vocals that were happening and just kind of pick one and and then know in the back of my mind just in case they said 
could you do a lower one or a higher one? Mm. And I'd be prepared. And then I got into the studio, which which was actually with Lily. I didn't realise she was going to be there at the time. And they just sort of handed me a sheet of lyrics and said, can you sing the lead? And I wasn't expecting them to say that to me. I, I'd learned the backing vocals because that's what the brief was. And luckily, I'd heard the song a lot on radio, you know, in the car and at home. So I just had to sing the lead straight off the bat. But I did have lyrics. I didn't have to, you know, know all the words. Um, and then about a couple of lines in, they stopped me and said, um, can you sing it a little bit more like Lily Allen? And I wasn't sure what that meant. I had to interpret it thinking, okay, I'm just going to have to do my best Lily impression. So I did. And ultimately that got me the job, which is bizarre because I don't sing like her. I didn't even end up auditioning with the brief that was given to me. I just had to be flexible and think on my feet and just interpret what I thought they wanted. And not panic. Yeah. I <laughs> that could be, it could be easy to lose yeah. it like that, couldn't it? Yeah. But then, you know, with other, with other artists, for example, with this Jesse J project, it was very structured. I was sent, uh, what's called vocal stems, um, when you have a, a producer that has lots of different tracks of all the different instruments and including different vocal parts, they can actually sometimes be sent to you as a singer, which is really helpful. And what it is, it's just almost like a track, the same length as the song, but you don't hear anything else other than the vocal that you're supposed to learn. Nice. So that, that's incredibly um, straightforward. And that's what I had for the Jesse stuff, which is why I was able to, to learn quite a lot in a very short space of time. Um, so when I went to rehearsals, I knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing. And yeah, with the Professor Green stuff, he's a rapper. He's not even a singer. So he's always in need of um, direction when it comes to the, the backing vocalists on that to try and emulate what's on the track, but then to make it work on a, on a live vocal because he doesn't have the original singers there. Um, so it's like really different depending on the artist. And, and that's, I guess that's why earlier I said about preparation, because unless you're, until you're on the job, you're not really going to know a hundred percent what's expected of you. So, mm. and all the while you have to be like really cool, like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm absolutely fine with this. Outside, inside. With this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, taking it all the way back, Katie, if you could, just one, 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 small, one small point here I just want to cover, just in case there's anybody out there thinking this. What were you like on Harmony when you first started out? I mean, cause I'm sure you get it in the, in, the, in the teaching room as well. People yeah. say to you, I really want to do it. I want to sing harmonies, and and often I see people giving up because it is, as you said, it's a skill and it's hard. To, it's hard to. Um, it's actually hard to do, and so yeah. I said to people, my my best advice to people a lot of the time is do it, <laughs> which is what you just kind of touched upon. But what were you like when you started out? Honestly, I can't really remember whether I was really good or really bad. I don't think I was either. Um, I remember understanding the idea of harmonies and when I was younger I used to 
when I was singing along to songs like in the car or in my bedroom at home, wherever it was, I was always aware that there was something other than the lead vocal going on. So I didn't really know what they were or what they were called. I just knew that there was other things happening vocally on a song at certain points that was different to the lead. And so I would sort of tune in and listen to those and try and replicate that. And when I started becoming aware of what harmonies were and how much better I wanted to get at becoming good at harmonies, I just would try and sing any other notes that would sound lovely alongside the, the lead. And sometimes it was really nice and sometimes it was obvious that it was not the right note. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's trial and error, to be honest. Um, I would agree with what you said, Steve. Just go go for it. Um, you have to try and figure out what notes sound nice with other notes. Mm. And you'll find out very quickly because it'll either sound nice or it won't. Yeah, you you hear those chord progressions sometimes, won't you? And you'll go, yeah. oh, I learned from this one this time. This doesn't This doesn't stay at the same interval. Yeah. You know, this one doesn't drop with the lead. It stays straight. And you get to know that just from faffing. Yeah, faffing around, faffing around with the boys. <laughs> so I'm um, yeah. going back to uh, going back to Paul's question. Um, there's there's a bit on the back end of it. So, how, what kind of advice do you have going forward when it comes to actually being, you know, visible as a backing singer, maybe starting out, and and how you actually get your name out there? Well, I would say to Paul, if he has friends or colleagues or anybody that he knows of and performs then if I was him I would really offer to sing backing vocals for them and at least from that he'd be able to get a sense of the set list from uh, the band or the singer who may be singing lead and then he can listen to those tracks and see if he can start identifying the, the backing vocals on the original tracks and starting to piece them together think of it like writing a vocal part you know I literally write I get a pen and a pad and I and I sort of write in lines you know so that when a note is lower than the note before I literally write a line lower than the previous line <laughs> it's, it's almost like painting by numbers yeah um, or sight singing type thing yeah yeah absolutely and I, I mean it, to be honest that's the best thing that Paul can do because you can become good as a backing vocalist in your bedroom but you're not really going to be able to grasp a sense of everything else that goes with the role unless you're performing. Um, for example, you know, you're not the lead singer, so you need to understand maybe how to perform as a backing vocalist, um, what, to, what to dress like, how to... Do you need to speak to the audience? Not really. Do you need to be prepared to jump in and sing lead should the lead singer want to go off and ad-lib and do all these lovely, exciting things. Um, yes, and, and those are the things that you learn on the job. And, and if I was him, that, that's a really good starting point because that gives him exact experience as a backing vocalist. And the other thing he can do if he doesn't do it already is definitely get involved with some kind of harmony group or choir or something where... Um, you've, you're almost taught about harmonies, you're taught about singing with other people. It's very distracting 
to have a lead vocal going on and then you're trying to sing something else. And we all know that that can be really tough. So you just have to train your ears to be able to hear enough but not be too distracted. Mm -hmm. So So, I would say the two things that I did were sing backing vocals for other people that maybe aren't, you know, Jesse J or Leona Lewis, you know. I, I do backing vocals for my friends now who aren't professional singers. Um, and, yeah, join, just get together with a group of other people who enjoy singing. Um, that's what Band of Voices do, uh, my harmony group. We just take original songs and play around with different versions of it by stripping it back and thinking, what what would the bass do or what would the guitar do? What can we sing to fill those spaces? So there's lots of things he can do. After that, though, Kit, I'm just thinking... If if somebody's perception of a backing vocalist was to be flying around the world with multi-million selling artists, and and that's actually what they want to get out of it, you know your your story is I love it to be honest because it's it's organic, it's se- seemingly yeah. mostly organic, you know, and and in fact it's for me it's worked out because it's organic because you put yourself out there, but also because let's be honest you are an incredible singer. So all those things come together, and if you if you if you add all those things up, I like the way that the world works in that way, and that you've you're you're doing it because of all those all those things added up and the passion. So is yeah. that what you're saying really? Like if somebody has that dream of having it as a career, that the meaning comes before anything else? Or are there any kind of tricks that people can use? I mean, you moved to London for one thing, but then again, you could also put, you could put that down to the fact you, would, you were doing it, you were applying yourself again. So what, is, is there anything there? Yeah, it's, yeah, I completely agree. I, I think if you've got the right kind of attitude and you stick with it for long enough, you will develop a reputation. And that's the key thing. Um, You've just got to get people around you looking at you and thinking she's a singer or he's a singer so that you're the person that maybe might be asked to do opportunities such as get involved in certain projects or events. And there are times in any industry when people who have singers who are their aunties or their mums or they come from maybe big gospel choirs they, they do have a bit of a benefit. There, are, there is definitely that it is who you know. And for me, my family didn't sing. I am the first one in my family that's made a career out of singing. So I had nobody to, to just hand it to me on a plate. Um, what I did have was talent and a good attitude and the, the willpower just to kind of, you know move and put myself in slightly uncomfortable situations where I, I just had to throw myself into a, a situation that I didn't know how it was going to come out. And, you know, it is, it's definitely something that we could all do without a doubt. I think if we all put our minds to anything, we could do a pretty good job of it. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie, you know, you have to be good. You, you can't be... You, you can't just think, yeah, you know, I want to do a bit of singing, but actually I'd rather go out with, you know, my friends. And, and think, thinking of all the, the, the time that I work, most of it's when everybody else is off, mm. you know? Friday night, Saturday night, Sundays, evenings. And 
you do have to compromise on a lot of things that people say with office jobs that work during the day don't have to even worry about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. This is a can of worms. You went and opened it, didn't you? Oh, dear. Good Lord. So just, it's probably the, like the main... No, you know, we love our jobs, right? We love our jobs as singers and singing teachers, but like, if we're going to whinge about anything, and I don't, you know, don't do it that often, it's, it's about spare time, isn't it? Blimey, yeah. governor. And also just yeah. thinking, right, even two days from a gig, can I get smashed? No, I can't, because my gig will be a nightmare. Yeah. Like, it's actually the lead time that you have to be, like, you know, well-behaved. It's not just gig night, is it? It's the night uh, before that, and sometimes the night before that. Like you, it's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, I had a classic um, last Friday, so about a week ago. I had a Friday off, and I got extremely excited. And my friend was hosting um, like a dinner and drinks night, and I just went a little bit too far, had a bit too much whiskey, a bit too much <laughs> vodka, probably five much wine, all bundled in together. Mm. And the next night, I actually had a gig. It was someone's wedding, and I was one of focus on it. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was blowing chunks by the night. I was, I was really sick. Homesy! You're a professional! I know. I, I woke up felt really disappointed with myself, but, you know, I don't get a lot of time off. And the gig on Saturday, I thought, I'm going to be awful. It's going to, I'm going to look, like, really unprofessional. It's going to be terrible. And bizarrely enough, I got on stage and I absolutely sung the, the balls off the set. I just, sang way over the top and went went in had a had an amazing time and felt like i'd done a really really good job which you know it was surprising and you puked and what then, a brilliant night yeah but i thought ah, i got away with it and then i thought no i hadn't because about two days later i managed to get a cold and that was when i had to go to dubai and so i spent my first gig with jesse J with a cold so that when she asked me to sing the chorus of who you are you know, my voice wasn't on form, and it was good. I did a good job. I did. I did what I needed to do. But I knew in myself that my, mm. my Friday night drunkard the antics. Yeah, it, I, I, I believe that basically it was it was paying me back. It's like you disrespect me, I will get you at your worst possible moment when you've got your big important show and you think you got away with it I love that I love yeah. the, I love the real I love the real aspect of that that's how it works in the singing world it's the the, the, the cold um, the cold post drinking is so common and it actually did affect your job in some way which made made your life and job just that little bit harder there's your lesson for yeah. you. That's a great lesson, yeah, indeed. So, yeah. so looking at that, you know, looking at getting onto stage and, and how you sing, can you give us sort of a brief look at how you feel technique? Because obviously you're a teacher as well and you've studied a lot of technique. Okay. How does technique really kind of contribute to your job as a backing vocalist? Yeah, absolutely. Technique for me has been a saviour and actually helped me build my reputation because... When you work with um, a lot of vocalists, you realise that most singers, most singers do struggle with their voice. They struggle with stamina and consistency and the voice being reliable. And for me, my technique has given me such a good foundation to have a healthy, reliable voice. Um, for example, the Jesse J gig where I had a cold, you know, I wasn't on form, but my technique allowed my voice to withhold or withstand, should I say, yeah. the job that I need. 
So without that technique, my voice wouldn't be as strong or as consistent or as reliable as it is now. And again, with backing vocals, you, you never know whether you're going to have to be dancing on the gig, whether you're going to be standing still, whether you're going to need to um, sing songs from people like Jesse J and Leona Lewis, or are you going to have to even rap? Are you going to even have to back people like Professor Green. And I find myself doing all these things, you know, singing, rapping, dancing, um, ad-libbing. And, and, it, and if I, if my voice was not strong enough to, um, to be able to allow me to do that, I would really struggle and I wouldn't be able to work as much as I work. You know, I'm, I'm, I sing almost every day and without, without my voice being as strong as it is, there's no way I would ever be able to do that. So... And, and you wouldn't be where you are now. It, absolutely, without a doubt. And you know what? I, I, it makes me smile because it, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of money. And I would give any singer a lot of advice to invest in singing lessons or good singing lessons because it will literally pay dividends when you're on the job and you're able to rely on your voice. Right on. Mm. That's, that's the most valuable piece of advice right there. Okay, moving on. Last bit, last bit. So I've got one more question for you, Katie, if you don't mind. Probably the last one, looking at the time. Of course. Out of everything you've done in your entire life, what has been your favourite job? Oh my gosh. Oof. Really hard. It's like asking me what my favourite song is. What's your favourite song? That's cruel. I don't know. I have so many. Well, it's different next week, isn't it, than it is this week? Depends how emotionally charged I am. If I'm, are we talking hormones? Oh yeah, probably hormones. <laughs> I'm not sure you can. Can I not? Is that sorry? Female population listening to this. Yeah, how how rude? No, nothing uh, wrong with uh, it. Uh, you're hey. fine with you're fine with that stuff, aren't you, Katie? Absolutely, Absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah. Come the come stuff on, we've now. talked about over the years. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, let's. Yeah, let's not go into that one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you uh, seem so squeaky clean. Gosh, yeah, let's, let's keep this uh, civil. Mm-hmm. Let, let me think. So, I, without sounding like a complete cop-out, I, I do have a few, but one of the best gigs I think I've ever done was last year when we did Glastonbury and we headlined the main stage, and that was with Professor Green. And... Everything just fell into place. My sound in my in-ears was, um, and in-ears, sorry for people who don't know, they're like those little kind of plastic mould things that you stick inside your ears. Look a bit like headphones, but they're moulded to the shape of your own ears, so you get your own little lovely mix. And it was just amazing. The crowd was enormous. Um, How many is it? Oh, gosh. Was it? It's something like... A hundred thousand people wow. in, in person, and then on top of that, you're broadcasting to millions and millions of viewers on radio and TV. It's ridiculous. Brilliant. Um, and I just felt that gig. Just I wasn't nervous. I have no idea why. Um, I sang really well. I performed really well, and I think that everything was just in the right place. And I had the best time. And and I, and I looked like I was having the time of my life, and I was. So that was probably one of the best things, I've, one of the best shows I've ever done. Um, um, yeah, that that is probably it. I mean, I've done. I was really, really honoured to to be able to do 
um, certain gigs such as we performed, Band of Boys has performed at Twickenham in front of all the England rugby fans. Um, being part of amazing um, TV shows such as X Factor and Britain's Got Talent and um, music programmes such as Jules Holland, which is such a prolific vocal and musician show. But I would probably say Glastonbury's the, my, my absolute favourite show. And from your Facebook uh, thread, the Leona tour looked pretty special. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Leona tour was amazing. And we, we also did a tour early, early in 2013, which was called Art on Ice, which is basically a Swiss tour, which has all the most amazing figure skaters from around the world mainly Russia, America, um, and a lot of European skaters. And basically you do this touring show where you go to all these amazing ice arenas and you just perform in front of an arena full of people with these amazing ice skaters dancing around in front of you. It's the most surreal yet incredible thing. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's like you're singing and, and living your passion in that sense, but what you've been able to experience outside of that with all your jobs and things is just unbelievable. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Thanks. Yeah, very, very lucky. I absolutely love... I always write it on Facebook and Twitter. I love my job. and yeah, I I've, keep, I've keep blocked you. Things, I've blocked you because you keep on sticking up and it's getting embarrassing. And again, <laughs> it's, it's, it's too much. But should we, uh, I think we ought to wrap up there anyway, hadn't we? Because uh, you've got things to do, I'm sure. Yeah, so why don't you, before you go, I'm sure yeah. our listeners would really love to know how they could reach out to you if they wanted to um, explore what you do more in terms of also your teaching career. So can you tell us a bit about, you know, where they can get hold of you on the different channels? Of course, yeah. I'm, I teach in uh, a school in Bromley, which is sort of borderline London and Kent, it's called Bromley Vocal School, and I teach there actually on Mondays and Tuesdays, pretty much from 12 till 9 p.m. in the evening. And the school has a wonderful website. You can actually check out my profile and the other teachers' profiles on there. You can actually book online. It's very, very easy. Um, or you can, you know, reach me through Facebook or Twitter. I am, I am Katie Holmes, Katie with a K and T. Someone else had stolen Katie Holmes. Um, so... I am KT Holmes for Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, I'm Katie Holmes. And yeah, if anybody out there is listening and wants to have a chat or get in touch with anything I can help them with, I'm more than happy to, to, you know, give them any advice. And if people are interested in studying with me, then it would be a pleasure. I, I teach almost every week unless I'm on tour of course yeah and that'd be great obviously you have so much experience as well as as well as technique training all of the things that you are aware about in the industry from session recording uh, Mm. backing vocalists teaching blimey so you know as well as the technique people can learn so much from you so yeah do do get in touch with Katie if you want to chat to her Mm. further yes ace well Do you want to say thank you from both of us? Thank you from have both little, of us. Have a little thank you in harmony. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes, <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, we've just Did wrecked our careers. Appreciate that. Did you appreciate that? If anybody wants any lessons with us, 
Obviously, Booking. feel free to get in touch after. No. Obviously, if Katie's booked up, <laughs> then we could probably talk to you about, about that, we'll about that up, harmony there. Pick so. up the scraps. <laughs> Thank no, I have to say, on behalf of all you lovely listeners, these two gentlemen um, are incredible, incredible vocal coaches and incredible vocalists. So, should I be too busy to answer your phone calls? <laughs> <laughs> even I'm answer them? I mean, no. come on. Thank you. That was that was a lovely end, even yeah. though you undermined us in the last sentence. That was very nice of you. So, thank you. I just thought I'd like you know line up. I'd be listening to you know Donny Hathaway or Oh please, Boston crying. Oh. So, hey, thank you so much. So, uh, have a lovely rest of the day, and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye. There she goes. <laughs> she is gone. Yeah. <laughs> but there was some valuable stuff in there. Her experience and insight is amazing. And if you really, really do want to get hold of her or reach out, then obviously, you know, she's listed them there. Get hold of her. She is a legend. A legend and really open to helping people, as you can probably tell from the interview. She's such a nice, nice girl as well. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's wrap this up, man. So what, cool. let's, before we do, though, let's tell people just very briefly why to even bother tuning in over the next few weeks, months, whatever. We've got some incredible stuff lined up over the next few <laughs> weeks and months. You've blown it up there, haven't you? No, it is brilliant. It is brilliant. So we may have spoken about it a tiny bit. We're going to talk about it a lot in this episode. The Vocalize You Winter Retreat. Not just to go, oh, we went to America. Oh, everyone loves us there. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> However, what we would like to actually what show... It, what it is to be English in America. Um, uh, what? What, nothing. Um, what actually we would like to share with you is um, the cool stuff that was brought out of it. Stuff that's useful to you. So yeah, the main, the main tips, hints and, and things you would want to know. Yeah, vocal technique style, a lot to do with songwriting and um, artist development and, and how, to, how to be in the industry. Yeah. Even survive. All that stuff. So and after that, we've got Press Kit. They are um, an electronic press kit company, and a press kit is something that you would send to a record label or promoter or whatever to showcase your material in a concise way. And, and they have they have amazing industry insight. Yeah, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm not going to be around the bush. If you hear that, you know, press kits, I, I get a bit bored when I hear those words. And I think we did initially until we spoke to these guys, and we didn't know anything about their product. And then we had a, a Skype chat with them. They're over in America. It's brilliant. Yeah. And they are really, really cool. Really cool, guys. And so, it may at this point in time, you may be thinking, oh, what's the point? I'm not interested in that. But honestly, it's going to be a lot of great content for anybody, even for, for cover bands. We, you know, yeah. we've, we've, we've thought we can use their services for ourselves. Yes. So. And what's the last big thing? The Icing Magazine. Icing Mag. It's going to be brilliant, right? Facebook.com forward slash IcingMag. That's it. It's full. I mean, it's, it's the only thing. It's the only magazine of its kind at the moment. We're featured in it. That's embarrassing. Is it? Yeah, I am embarrassed. You're going a bit red, mate. It's just all about giving great content. Yep. And our, our article is, is about advanced warm-up techniques, which is um, really cool for us. Had a great fun writing it. And also uh, put some videos together for it too, which you can see in the first copies. And no doubt, if you keep an eye on our social media or on here, um, we will announce the exact release date. But it's going to be real soon. Cool. Weeks. Right, let's wrap this up.
So we were going to put some updates on Twitter from the winter retreat. Great quotes and that, but they didn't have any Wi-Fi in the mountains. I think that's pretty obvious, isn't it? <laughs> they did actually tell us that as well. We were like, <laughs> we will find Wi-Fi wherever we are. <laughs> so well, we couldn't put the quotes up, but we will over the next few weeks. Um, so uh, hook up was with us on Twitter. What's our Twitter? No idea. Are you serious? Yeah, I can't remember. Unbelievable. Episode 10. TMV questions? That's right. Right. At TMV questions. I, I should deliver you a slap. No. I can't believe you actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And we can only let the viewers, viewers, we can only let the listeners just draw their own conclusions as to where on your body that was. Mm, interesting. Could be a spang. Get on Twitter. At TMV Questions, we're done for today. So thank you for tuning in and uh, please get in touch with any questions in future. Goodbye for now. Bye.